Welcome, everybody, to Flickr Effect. It is Sunday, July 12th, 2020. This week, Hamilton, the film version, has finally come to Disney+. Plus. It's available over there as of last weekend. We haven't had a chance to talk about it, so we are going to talk about that tonight. Uh, what else? The Old Guard over on Netflix, Greyhound over on Apple TV+. Plus. And, of course, we are going to have another top five list this week. This week, our top five 80s action films. Uh, first, for those of you new to the show, uh, we broadcast this show live every Sunday night over on YouTube. You can find us on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash flicker effect. Uh, we, of course, invite you to like and subscribe by hitting the thumbs up and the subscribe buttons down below. And don't forget to hit that bell icon to be notified whenever we go live or post any other video videos in the future. Uh, you can also find an audio-only version of this show via a podcast. You can find our podcast, Flickr Effect Podcast, on uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, the iHeartRadio app, Spotify, and basically wherever you listen to podcasts, just search for Flickr Effect. Uh, with that, I'm David Lotz. Joining me, as always, is Bobby Jackson. Hey, gang. Nice to see you again. Yasha Wilson. Hey, 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 everybody. And Michelle Hillard. Hi, everyone. Hello. Hello, guys. How's it going? Um, there's uh, a lot that's been watched this week, and we are going to try to get through as much of it as we can. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, I feel like we have to play a little catch up since we didn't do a show last week and start things off by talking about Hamilton and uh, that the film version of Hamilton that is now over on Disney+. Plus. Um, I want to say first to everyone listening and to Yasha that we will not be talking about spoilers or Hamilton. <laughs> Thank you so much for that. I was actually about to try and interject. I'm like, please, please, please. Let's just hear yay or nay, thumbs up, thumbs down, rave, whatever you want to do. Say it's great. It's amazing and whatnot. Right. But please, I have actively tried not to watch any of this movie because I'm supposed to see it in live in October. Yeah, no, we are not going to talk about spoilers uh, just for anyone who hasn't seen it on stage yet, like yourself, who have not seen it on Disney Plus yet. Yeah, don't want to don't want to spoil that ending for you. Yeah, yeah, we don't want to spoil that. <laughs> <laughs> don't know don't know what happens to that old Alexander Hamilton, so I don't want to spoil that for you. <laughs> well, well, I'm just saying. Does he become a superhero or something? Like, what's happening? There? I'm confused. <laughs> <laughs> we're not going to talk about details of the way it is portrayed in this show right. we'll, okay. we'll, i'll put it that way uh yeah okay, thank you yeah so with that um it's on disney plus now uh i have seen it michelle you have seen it we have both seen it on stage as well bobby you had not seen it on stage before watching it on disney plus no. so okay. i have to go to you first i'm yeah. curious since you had never yeah. seen it before at all uh, what did you think of Hamilton? Uh, so when I first actually had a chance to uh, check it out, I initially listened to a couple songs first before I ever had a chance to uh, see the play or see any aspects of it, um, just to get a sense of it. And I listened to like two or three songs from the beginning of the soundtrack. And I stopped because I was like, oh, the music sounds good. So... From this point, I know I already want, I already want to see it, so I'm not going to go any further as far as uh, listening to more of it and getting that experience. 
first. I wanted to get all of it after having heard the songs. Um, so I went into it already kind of knowing that I was going to like it. It was just a matter of actually seeing it. And of course, there's all this hype behind it. But for when I watched it that first time, I thoroughly enjoyed it and went on to uh, watch it a couple more times after that. Oh. The first time I watched it straight through uh, was just like as is. The second time I watched it, I actually turned on the subtitles so I could get a little bit more out of it, which really helped because it, it filled in some of those blanks as far as uh, when you're hearing it, especially for the first time, some of it is going so fast and you're trying to process it all. So it's kind of hard. But when you turn on those subtitles and it fills in those blanks, you get to see and feel a little bit more. So I didn't have to look quite at the performance as much as I was looking at the words and seeing what it was saying. And then that third time, it kind of put it all together and watched it and caught some more things that I didn't catch the first time as far as some things that may have been happening off stage to the side or just some other stuff after reading more about certain things and what certain characters were doing at that time um, on the stage presence of it. I think that all really helped as far as watching it a third time and putting it all together in that. And needless to say, I, I really enjoyed it uh, each time, even more so because I was able to pull more pull more out of it. So for me, uh, going into it, the the idea of I think what was so impressive is seeing exactly what uh, Lin Manuel did as far as creating this and just being able to. Uh, pull all this out of his uh, brain and and put it together into a, a thoroughly enjoyable, uh, cohesive show, I think is top notch and, and super impressive. Um, I think the one thing that I didn't necessarily, um, I wouldn't say I came away, didn't come away raving about it, but that didn't uh, impress me quite as much as everyone else is the rapping aspect of it. Because um, to me, I guess, uh, don't get me wrong. I, I like the rapping aspect in the show, but I, I think that for me growing up on hip hop, that was nothing new to me. Uh, I've seen that before and there's been plenty of uh, hip hop uh, rappers that have told stories through that form of art through rap like Slick Rick, uh, like Scarface. There's like a lot of rappers that tell their story through hip hop. So I'm used to that aspect. So that wasn't the impressive part. It was just being able to put that together with the music and the stage and the performance and while giving history, I think is all together just makes it so kind of special and not something that uh, I can, I, it's, it makes me understand why people saw it so many times and loved it so much because uh, it's special because of all the things that got put into the pot and mixed around. So uh, that's kind of my Long-winded review of Hamilton after uh, having not seen it for so many years after hearing so much about it. Uh, well, since I feel like I'm next in line when it comes to my experience with Hamilton, Michelle, you've only seen it once on stage, but you had listened to the music a ton before you ever even saw it on stage. Yeah. Um, I, as I've talked about here on the podcast before, on the show before, that uh, before I saw it on stage, I had I had made a point not to listen to it at all. I won't rehash it too much, but part of me wishes I had, mainly for some of the reasons you mentioned, Bobby, why you watched some of the subtitles, watching it a second time, because there's a lot that's said in the show, a lot. <laughs> uh, I think yeah. we, Michelle and I, we saw one video that claimed that, uh, you know, based on the amount of words that are in this show, if you were to spread them out, 
kind of be at the same pace at most other Broadway shows, this show would be like four to six hours long or something like that. Yeah, it said if it um, paced it out like a regular Broadway show, it would be closer to five hours long. Right. Like that's there's a there's a lot that's said in the show, and I when I first yeah. saw it on stage, it was. I mean, I understood what was happening, but at the same time, I felt like I was missing a lot of the dialogue, especially being in the theater situation with, you know, dealing with acoustics and the sound reinforcement of the theater. I don't know. So I wish I had listened to it. Uh, ended up watching this a few days after it released on Disney Plus, And yeah, I enjoyed it a lot more watching it on Disney Plus. Um, actually, I haven't mentioned this to you, Michelle. I've actually seen it twice. Uh, oh. I saw it again this, the next day. Um I was in a situation where I was able to just kind of do some stuff while I was watching it. Um, but I put it on and watched it all the way through again uh, this, the day after. I I really, really enjoyed it. Um, it's I think it's a it's a gift that we have this experience that we can this we can see this version of the show, the original cast uh, shot incredibly well. Um, it's my understanding it was shot over the course of three performances, two of them with an audience, one of them without, so they could get all those close-up shots that you see in the film version. And uh, it's it's incredible. Like, uh, I, and the show is just it's solid. And you know, I've I have seen some of the reaction, like we speculated last episode. You know, now that in basically everybody with a Disney Plus subscription can now watch this. I was curious how many people there are going to be out there who had never seen it before that's going to go, oh, really, this this is what everyone's been raving about? It's really not that good, everybody. And I've seen some of that. And what I'll say to that, since I kind of feel like I had somewhat of, the, of that kind of reaction after my first showing, um, I can see why the show has been so incredibly popular and people have wanted to see it over and over again because unlike I feel like a lot of Broadway shows and there's a lot of obviously great musicals out there but this this one is just so chock full <laughs> packed full of really good music from beginning to end and yeah the stage production I think is fantastic but yeah it's not like the big kind of shows with huge huge props and crazy things happening on stage but it's just it's just really good music all the way through for what two hours 40 minutes or something like that it's and i think the more you see it the more you listen to it the more you want to hear it and there's something about it and uh yeah it, it definitely worked for me seeing it a second time i saw it a third time i have listened to the the soundtrack more since i've watched the film and actually now i have decided i am i'm about four hours in so far on the audiobook version of the Hamilton book that this show is based on. It's a 35 hour audiobook, <laughs> which will easily be the longest audiobook I will have ever listened to. Um, yeah. But even that is fascinating so far. I'm only four hours in and I, I was kind of worried I'd start it and be like, yeah, okay, this is just a bunch of history. It wouldn't be that interesting, but no, I, it's pretty fascinating and I'll, I'll probably finish it and make my way all the way through it. So yeah. That's my long-winded version of uh, my thoughts on the Hamilton film, which I, I can't recommend enough. And uh, it was also, again, great seeing it in high def. Like, just, it was it was great. Anyway, Michelle, what are your thoughts on the film? Um, I'll try to keep mine a little shorter. Um, but yes, obviously, I've been listening to Hamilton uh, since... It re since they released the album <laughs> so I don't even know how many years ago that was at this point um, 
and I've I've loved listening to it and I remember just dying to see it and then we got the opportunity I was able to get tickets and David and I went and saw the um, Broadway Across America traveling production of it uh, last uh, February and it was incredible and I remember I was just completely swept up in it because for me, I already knew the songs so well, so I was able to just sit back and watch the stage production itself, which was just, what that's what I was craving, that's what I was missing in my head. And I remember just being completely blown away by the choreography they did with it and just the ideas and how they depict everything in, in, in the whole show. It's just, it's very imaginative. And it's, there's, like David said, there's no major huge set pieces the big set that they're on is is really pretty simplistic but what they do it really ignites your imagination and puts you in the right place for the storyline um and it's not like they you know inv invented the wheel on things and kind of jokingly you know they have a turntable for mm -hmm. the stage uh, and they're not the first ones to ever do that in a broadway show but their use of it is just spectacular. And it's one of those things that until you see it, you're just like, man, it's, it's just so cool. But, um, yeah, then, you know, Disney plus was putting us out and the last piece of the puzzle for me was getting to see the original Broadway cast actually perform this show. And, um, the fact that they were able to bring the actor that now I can't think of that plays King George. Um, Jonathan Groff. Jonathan Groff, thank you. Um, they were able to bring him in just to do these the, the recordings of this. So that's that's something really special that you get the original, original, original cast for this. And yeah, just to watch it again on screen. And I mean, like, I'm a little spoiled because I got to watch it on David's huge, awesome, like, Ford HD high def all the well, bells and whistles and buttons on this tv has to offer so visually it was still just a complete feast for the eyes and again i got to see more things on the staging and just more creativity coming to life and i just kept going man this show just hits on every level um i don't know and then like yeah just to to really see the actors' faces up close when they're performing some of their pieces, pieces that I've already known vocally that they excel at, but to really see them perform it and to hear it and to watch them, I mean, they were killing me. They're so good. It just, it just knocked me out, you know? And so I will say, like, yeah, for me, being able to watch this at home it, it is almost, a, there's no price that could be put on it. It's spectacular and and. And I enjoyed the hell of it. I still cried in the same three places that I always cry at. And yeah, it's, ugh, it gets you. It's good. So I'm, I'm sold. I'm glad that, you know, Disney decided, Hey, we're going to do this thing. And I'm, I'm all right with it. I'm happy they did. And I think it's a blessing that we have the opportunity for this in our homes at this point in time. And even saying that, you know, you can still go online right now and, you can pay a very, very tiny fee to watch Broadway shows of all kinds, musicals, um, traditional acting pieces of, of all kinds of Broadway things are, are online right now. And you can pay and that money goes to those actors who right now have been out of work since, you know, in February in New York City and all over the country. And um, to be able to have art come alive in your home is 
something that I think is, is a wonderful and invaluable piece of, of our culture. Well, that's Hamilton, Yasha. <laughs> I think we, we danced around any details in the actual <laughs> production, but he's like, <laughs> you I look guess. skeptical. <laughs> I guess so. Um, I'm not, uh, no, no comment. Like, I mean, you guys, I mean, I didn't hear much about what the story was about, but I, yeah, yeah. I, I still, you know, want to go in, you know, I'm trying to go in completely clean slate. Oh, I, I totally so, get it. Super get it. Was that Bobby? I if, anybody would, if anybody would get it, the, you guys are the group that would get it. If I was, if I was presented with the idea of getting the, and uh, in, in, not in Yasha's situation, a different situation, but if I had been presented the opportunity to go and watch uh, the stage play live um, or watch this on Disney Plus, I'm probably in the minority here, but I more than likely would have watched the Disney Plus version first before seeing it live because in this current day and time, I've already heard so much about the play. And I think at this point, I just really wanted to see it with the original cast and seeing how they did it. And then to have that, especially uh, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken, the the soundtrack is based off of their uh, performance mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. So I would have wanted to see them doing what I had initially heard and being able to get that. And then go see whoever is doing it now do it because I just, really wanted to see that original cast doing it. Um, That's one thing I kind of thought about. But the other thing is that I really don't think from now until the end of time, I'll ever hear the name Eliza without it being sung in my head, (laughs) as opposed to just hearing the name. It's just, it's a weird thing now. It's, I just associate (laughs) it with it being sung. It's not a spoiler, but it's a a person's name. So it's all I'll say. Come on now. There's certain certain catchphrases that I, I already use it anyways. I think I've Mm. used it before, but I've always kind of in my head, kind of like said things in the past few years, knowing the soundtrack, like I'll say things to Mm. David and in my head, I'm like, it's like, and he hasn't noted. <laughs> now it's like I say things. Now it's like I say things that are Hamilton references. And he's like, oh, I get that. <laughs> and then he's like, yeah, and now yeah. that song's in my head now. And I'm Great, like, yeah, thanks. now you're welcome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's for you. Yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of funny now. Anyways. Anyways. So that's Hamilton. Available now on Disney Plus for anyone who Check is interested and hasn't seen that yet. Uh, next up, over on Netflix, a uh, new film, The Old Guard. Bobby and Yasha, you guys both watched this one. Uh, Yasha, you haven't had a chance to to talk yet since we've been talking about Hamilton. Why don't you uh, start us off? Uh, what did you think of The Old Guard? Loved it. I oh. really, really, really enjoyed this movie. I almost started watching it again today. That's how much I enjoyed it. I, I First off, I like Charlize Theron. I think she's a badass. But the character development for all of these, these characters that they're that are surrounding her, um, a little bit, some of it is kind of predictable in the sense of where you think that this is going to go and what it's going to be. And and it didn't disappoint. <laughs> yeah, it did. You, you can still kind of predict it. But she is such a badass. And the history, history of the, sh- the, the characters and their mission and their goal and what they're about like 
I am so excited and in high, high hopes that they continue this this movie um, as a franchise. It was such a fun story, and she is such a badass in the movie, like a legitimate bona fide badass. I, I mean, the trailer makes it look like she's a badass, and when you watch the movie, it doesn't disappoint. Like, I mean, I'm not going to get into details um, just because of the spoiler aspect of it and whatnot, but I thoroughly enjoyed this film, and I, I know that I'll probably watch it again sometime throughout the week, if not all at one sitting, but definitely by uh, pieces. So I enjoyed the hell out of it. Bobby, your thoughts? Yeah, I guess I'm right there with you. I really enjoyed it a lot. And it's just that I think that whenever Charlize is attached to something, you know she gives her all to it. And really in this role as being also as an executive producer for this, and the fact that it's based off a comic book series from Greg Rucka, uh, I already knew that there was going to be a lot of uh, pedigree to it from the start that made it something worth watching. And like Yasha said, there's elements to it that are predictable and story things that happen that you may have seen before. But I just think that with where this being the, the place where you can kind of lay the groundwork for something else in the future, I think it's a really good, solid uh, footwork that they've done here, especially with uh, the character building that there's this idea and this concept of people who are immortal. But if you've been around for so long, you might just get tired of just doing what you've been doing. And so to explore that aspect, I think is interesting. And um, the only real criticism I have for it is that as a person that when you watch a movie like this, you've seen certain aspects of the movie tropes that seem to happen. And it, and, it, and it happens in this movie as well when you have someone that's new to this um, game, so to speak. Uh, they always do stupid things and they're always questioning things that you wish that they would just go along with it because people know better than you. And you just kind of get frustrated with that from a storytelling uh, standpoint. But I guess if it was the yeah. reality of it, there that might be a real situation. But you see it so much in movies that you're just like, shut up and just go along with the program. But um, aside yeah. from that, I think that, yeah, it's done really well. And uh, it, it, it it's choreographed really well with the action. And far as being a, a franchise, I, yeah, I'm hopeful that they do more because uh, there's definitely the material there for more. Yeah, as um, like Bobby said, like the 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 character development and, you know, like we we're just talking, it's just like, there's definitely aspects of the movie that you can see and you're like, this is very predictable and you can see where it's going. I think personally speaking on my own behalf, and maybe this is, this is kind of how you feel too, Bobby. It's just like, you understand where the character's coming is like, why this is why that and whatnot, but it's, you're more, I'm just more like, let's get through that faster because I want to see where this is going to go. And it's like, we don't necessarily yeah. need to have this, this dialogue and this resistance from you of like being a part of this group, just follow along. Let's just fucking move on to the rest of the story. Um, mm. But yeah, that, that's where I, I think I, you know, I fall in line with that, what you're saying, but I absolutely enjoyed the hell out of this film enough that I can watch it again within a week and still enjoy the hell out of it. Nice. Um, all right. Well, that's the old guard over on Netflix. Uh, moving on quickly to a new Tom Hanks film that is available now on Apple TV Plus. That is Greyhound. 
a uh, World War II film that's available over there now. This was set for a theatrical release. I think it was originally set for one at the be- toward the beginning of June. Of course, it got you know pushed back because of COVID nineteen. Uh, my understanding is uh, Sony then eventually decided to sell the distribution rights, and Apple TV swooped in and picked that up. And now it is available digitally to stream right now if you're a subscriber to that service. Um, it's based on a, I believe, a 1955 book. And uh, this uh, film, the screenplay is actually adapted by Tom Hanks. He wrote it. Um, he didn't direct it. I forget who the director is. I don't have that in front of me. But uh, yeah, watch this a couple days ago. And I'll start with you, Michelle. What did you think of oh. it? Well, I- <laughs> You know, I kind of was thinking I wasn't going to enjoy it as much as I did. I mean, I'm not like in love with it, but I did enjoy this. I I like the storyline and I felt like the pacing was actually really good. If anything, I was kind of surprised that the movie clocked in under two hours long. That is super rare right now. (laughs) um, But no, I... Especially for a war movie. Yeah, I know. For a war movie, a World War II movie at that. Those anymore now, they're, you know, they're epic things mm-hmm. um no i think i i think tom is at his best when he is acting um his screenwriting is it's okay it's not like it's bad i there's definitely a, i think when it came to some of the dialogue things i i'd bump a little bit kind of like okay but overall i think the storyline itself is is really fascinating and the pacing of the movie is really good it doesn't like just jump you right into it but i will say really quick you were in the midst of some action and um no i i was pretty impressed with with it on on a whole though i think the production value is pretty good some of the cgi gets a little too cgi if you know what i mean they went oh yeah we're sony we've got money let's just let's do it and there's things i'm like you guys probably could have thrown down some money on actual effects and I think that might have actually played a little bit better towards the film's um, likability for me. But no, overall, I thought it was it was really enjoyable. And it was kind of refreshing to to have a new movie with a decent production value held to it right now. Um, I, I'm really happy with it. And I, I think Tom in it is, is spectacular. And yeah, I, I, I don't dislike this film at all. And I'm, I actually kind of want to watch it again relatively soon. I'd say that, that's a pretty good uh, endorsement. Wanting to watch it again pretty soon. Um, yeah, I have to agree. I thoroughly enjoyed it, and I didn't really know what to expect. I never watched a trailer for this before I watched it. I'd never seen anything other than the ads for it popping up on my Apple TV app since I used that app so much, and it was seeing they, they were definitely pushing before it was even released that it was coming, being a Tom Hanks movie that they were releasing for the first time. It had never had a theatrical release, so I get that. Um, And I didn't really know what to expect going into it, and I noticed the same thing when I started the movie, and I could see the runtime before we even started it, and I was like, oh, it's an hour and 30 minutes for a war film like this? (laughs) It's unheard of. (laughs) This is going to be interesting, and I think the time... The, the length is perfect. Because, mm-hmm. yes, you it doesn't jump right in, but you get going pretty quickly, and it never stops. And it is, the pacing is incredibly good. It's This is an example of a really well-managed 
hour and 30 minutes. Like it didn't need to be any longer. I think a lot of directors or studios might push for a movie like this to be longer. And it, it was just the right length. And yeah, dialogue wise, maybe there's not a lot of great dialogue and the acting is what it is. It, I hate to say that it doesn't have to be great acting. That's not probably the best way to put it, but it's mostly <clears throat> this kind of film is mostly just about putting you kind of in the experience of what it would really be like to be on the ship. And I think the movie does a really effective job at doing that. It, it seems like it really goes out of its way for those of us who have no naval experience. And I think there are a lot of us out there, of course, to get a sense of how every person on this ship has a job and that job, no matter what it is, matters. Like every, every person has some particular thing they are to be doing and it all fits in perfectly together on a well-oiled machine like this ship in this movie. And I really like that about this movie that it kind of made you respect why every sailor that's on a ship like this is there. And, you know, sure, times now are different, but... I, I really, really enjoyed the film. Um, I, I was surprised. Skin, considering this was a movie that I had never watched a trailer for, kind of didn't know what I was getting into. There was that part of me that was like, oh, they decided to just go ahead and release it digitally. They didn't hold out for a theatrical release. That probably doesn't, you know, bode well for this. That definitely was on my mind when I was going into it. So maybe my expectations were a little low, but I, I really, really liked it. I highly recommend this movie. So that's my thoughts on on Greyhound over on Apple TV Plus. No, I I totally agree. That was basically my takeaway from it. I'm I, if anything, I think I'm happier that it was just released digitally and not released in theaters. I don't think this would have done well in theaters at all. I don't think people would have known what to make of it in a way. And at this point, people are we're at home. We've watched all <clears throat> of Netflix. We've gone through the whole catalog and people right. are looking for new things. And that's when they'd go, yeah, let's just go, let's check this out. You know? So I think it's probably getting more play now than it probably would have actually in the theater. Yeah. I don't know. As I was watching it, there was a part of me cause I have heard, I haven't read the actual quotes, but it's my understanding. Tom Hanks is definitely not very happy that this film did not get a theatrical release. Oh really? And as I watched it, I kind of understand why. I, I actually think this movie would have, I don't know how it would have done financially in the theaters. I'm not speaking to that, but visually, I, I wish I could have seen it in the theater. I, yeah, I um, And as for the visual effects, I mean, yeah, it's obvious that a lot of these visual effects are not practical, but at the same time, I, I found that they were done pretty well. Maybe if anything, because, you know, watching this in 4K Dolby Vision, it did. It looked great, but at the same time, I guess for a World War II film, a lot of movies like this are definitely, I feel like, given a specific kind of grain to them. And this movie does not have that. It has a very yeah. polished kind of look to it. That's what I think um, I think was having issues with sometimes. So in one sense, it looked very nice on screen. <laughs> like it was, it was pretty to look at, but I felt like I think just because I'm so used to, oh, this is a dated you know, time period, it should have somewhat of a kind of dated look to it, but it, it doesn't at all. It looks very clean. So anyway, I, other than that, yeah, I kind of wish I had seen it in a movie theater. I, I haven't read Tom Hanks's quotes. I don't know what he said, but I, I can kind of see where his disappointment probably is coming from. Well, and for him, so much is invested. It's, right. it's a Playtone film. So this is his production company. So for him, this is... Of course he wants it in the theaters. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. You know, for him to lose that sucks. But at the same time, like, 
It's just kind of where we're at right now. Right. Anyways. Anyways. Well, I am oh. curious, though, why Sony decided to then put it to uh, sale for streaming uh, service. Yeah. If yeah. there was the possibility that uh, they didn't think not think that they could make any money in the theater or i mean at, at the very least you would think for award season uh that was could have been a good play if you both really thought it was pretty well done so uh it's just kind of curious why they didn't just push it i don't know i mean when it comes to award season i will say i i thoroughly enjoyed this movie do i do i imagine it would garner any awards at the golden globes or the, you know the oscars i don't think so but Mm. Um, though I, I really liked it. Uh, yeah, I agree. That's one thing that I was wondering too when they when they did announce that they were going to just put it out there to, for streaming. I was like, made me wonder like, what's wrong with this film, and right. why did they just decide not to hold off on it? Like, this is supposed to be a summer movie, anyways. So why not just postpone it or hold it off for another year? Like, I'm confused as to it's you know like Bobby said it's just like it's something that I thought about too is like what was the deci- deciding factor behind that, right? And that reminds me, and I'm not not going to dig into this, but just quickly I will say um, there was one film that I did see this week for the most part. My kids watched Artemis Fowl, and oh, yeah. I watched most of it. I didn't see every frame. But I will say from what I saw, speaking of movies that ended up getting a digital release instead of theatrical release and that maybe not being a good sign, yeah, that movie from what I was seeing was not very good. (laughs) Um, There was something about it. It was almost hard to pinpoint that I I was not liking about that film. So uh, not not a fan of Artemis Fowl. I I think it a lot. My cousin tried to watch it. I was just going to say, I think I I agree with what Bobby said in his review of it. It just seemed rushed from beginning to end and it just kind of seemed like a mess. They just did, they just tried to do too much into such a compact thing. And I, I, again, it's one of those things I'd be curious to read the books and actually Mm. see some of these things drawn out and actually get more background on things. But uh, yeah, that movie was just kind of a hot mess, unfortunately. So it's a good thing it just went to Disney Plus. But having said that, like, I think your daughter kind of liked it. That she thought it was kind of cool. Because it has like fairies and effects and things and colorful stuff. It struck me as one of those movies that I could see kids enjoying it yeah. and then it makes me wonder how it will be received years in the future when those kids are then older and will artemis fowl be looked at like some of the movies we probably look at now that our parents are like oh this is terrible <laughs> um yeah. i don't know you yasha you were gonna say something really quick no uh, i mean not not much to add but my cousin watched it and he said kind of like the same thing i think that bobby said it was just he was like it was okay, convoluted, kind of all over the place, and it felt rushed, and it was yeah. just kind of cheesy. And I'm like, wow, that, you know, it's like I've watched the trailer, I've seen it on Disney Plus, and I literally had the cursor right over it. And I'm like, yeah, I'd rather watch something else. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm not going to subjugate myself to this just yet. I'm not that bored yet. Yeah. Right. I think. Like when it comes to, to David's kids, they've seen so much right now because they're at home so much. And it's summer in Florida. So that, you know, 1 p.m. to 4 p.m. stretch of the day, you can't really throw them outside or they'll just, you know, melt. <laughs> so they've seen a lot of content in the last few weeks slash months. 
And so now it's like, oh, something new. Let's just throw it on. I don't even care if it mm, might not right. even be good. Like just anything new that's refreshing that we haven't watched umpteen times would, yeah. would be great. Right. And and, the, and they're, I think the kids are kind of in the same boat too. I think they're kind of like, something new? Yeah, I don't even care. Like It's just like, yeah, new things. Let's just do new things. So right. anyways. Um, so Bobby and Yasha, you guys have watched some other stuff and uh, I do want to hear your thoughts. I know we're going to have to kind of skim over them fairly quickly. I apologize for that. But uh, Bobby, I'll start with you, um, I guess, quickly. Some other things that you saw this week or the past couple weeks, really. Yeah, I'll try to go as quick as I can with some of these. Um, one of the things that we had talked about through our text message thread was uh Batman vs. Superman Ultimate Edition. I had never watched that, so I got a chance to watch that. And uh, as you said, it, it does fill out uh, the story a lot more. And particularly, I think uh, Clark Kent slash Superman gets a little bit more play into some of the areas of which uh, that story seemed to fall apart at, really. It, it, it fleshes out Batman stuff uh, pretty well just within the theatrical release, but... I always felt like um, Clark Kent Superman got the short shrift in the movie. And this does a little bit more to give him a little bit other things to do and, and give you a little bit more of an understanding of why uh, he's going after Batman as well. And then you get some more of the nightmare scenes. And so it, it does do a better job of filling out the first two acts. And as you said, the third act is still what it is and uh, the mess that it is. But um, there's more things there that you can appreciate as far as a, a complete story that's being told. And I'm glad I got a chance to watch it. I will say it didn't super change my opinion of the movie overall. Uh, I do think it was done in a way that makes it mo make more sense. But the problem I still had with it are still the problems I had with it even after watching it. So it didn't really affect those uh, aspects of what I had an issue with. Um, it just clarified more things. And I think that was better from a story point. But uh, some things from a character point, I think, is a lot of things I had issues with. And uh, that still carried over. But ultimately, yeah, I am glad I did get, get a chance to watch it. Uh, let's see. I thought maybe Yasha was going to say something. I thought um, he watched it, too. Oh, but... did you watch well, I can chime in on that, too. Yeah, I, I actually watched the same thing. I did watch the Ultimate Edition of uh, Batman versus Superman. Um, yeah, I mean, there's really not much that I can add to that. I mean, I, I mean, it still has some issues with the film. Um, I enjoyed it. Like, I didn't think that it really added too much to it. I, I do think that you get a little bit more Clark play um, to develop his kind of disdain towards Batman a little bit more. But in all honesty, I still felt like I was watching the same movie. And it was just, you know, some of the scenes were a little bit longer cuts. Um, but I didn't find anything too spectacularly special about the movie. Um, but I did, I did watch it and it was fine. And, you know, I, I enjoyed it, you know, like as, as much as I did, I think the first time around is it was, it was fine. It was, it was, it was solid. Yes. Okay. So, uh, moving on, I had a chance to watch, I didn't talk about it at the time when we mentioned, uh, new stuff that we had been watching before a few weeks ago, but a new series, uh, debuted on HBO slash HBO max, which is Perry Mason, uh, played by Matthew yeah. rise Rays, I think. And, uh, it's produced by Robert Downey Jr. And if you, anyone's ever watched the old show where he was a lawyer, 
this isn't that. This is kind of a prequel to that. Uh, in this, he's a detective and he's working on a case that was uh, a ransom gone bad. And it really plays like a slow boil kind of uh, detective story uh, that you're seeing him work on. And really, when you see who he is as a person back then, uh, but prior to him being a lawyer, he's he's kind of not like a, a good guy in, in a lot of respects. And so you see that uh, he must have come to some sort of moment in which it changes and shifts his perspective. But as far as we're concerned and within this story, he's not there yet. He's still kind of um, a ne'er-do-well in a lot of ways and, and trying to learn uh, who did this thing that happened as far as this ransom of this young child. And um, yeah, I'm liking it so far. Uh, it's only, I'd say, maybe four episodes in. And uh, again, it's a slow boil, so it may not be for everyone. But so far, I'm into it. And that's on HBO, HBO Max. Um, another thing I got a chance to watch was a movie I hadn't seen uh, before when it came out. And so I decided to watch it now that it's on Netflix, which is The Town with Ben Affleck, mm. um, Jeremy Renner, Blake Lively's in it. Um, solid, solid. Wow. I love heist movies. And I thought this was really well done and directed by Ben Affleck. I forgot about that part until I saw it towards the end. And it doesn't do anything specifically special or um, new in that genre of heist films or anything, but it's just a well-told story. And I think that the standout for me in there, uh, aside from I think that um, Ben and Jeremy are doing good things in there, but honestly, I thought with the little bit of time that she had, uh, Blake Lively really kind of really had that role down in terms of being this kind of downtrodden, down and out uh, uh, mother that was also a, a girlfriend to Ben Affleck's character. And uh, yeah, I think she did a lot with that little bit of part that she had, but um, solid movie. And I'm sure most people out there have already seen it, but I was just playing catch up. So that was another one I saw. Uh, David, I saw you shaking your head. It looks like you agreed with something that I was saying there, but no, I, just, um, I, I mean, that I think that's a solid movie. I haven't watched that movie in a long time. I saw it on your list that you're going to talk about it, and I'm like, is he talking about like the town, the Ben Affleck, the town? Like he's never seen the town. <laughs> like, is there a uh, new town? Yeah, I mean, sometimes yeah. you never know. There's so much content right now. Like maybe there's a right. TV version of the town. I don't even know right. about that's on Hulu. I have no idea. Uh, no, I, I'm just I'm glad you saw it because I think that's a solid movie. Yeah, definitely. Me too. I, I like those type of movies, and it definitely is a solid one. Right. Um, another one I saw, which was. I was going to say, you really want to flip out, you should read the facts on IMDb. Like, Ben Affleck took a lot Hmm. of, like, actual bank robberies from the Boston area and put that into the movie. So, Hmm. you want to just kind of geek out a little bit? I'll look at that when we finish today's show. Um, What else? Okay, The Beach House, which is this uh, movie that's on Shudder, if you have the Shudder app. Uh, it's a horror film where this young couple goes to a uh, place where they, the, the young guy who's there, his dad is away. So they go to this beach house to get away and a contagion uh, from the sea kind of overnight starts to infect this town and all the people around them become basically like zombies, but not quite in that same sort of zombie way. But uh, it's their... Um, 
they're they have to try and get out of this situation basically and nothing special there it's okay uh i didn't wasn't mad after i watched it i thought it was uh entertaining enough it's a little bit slow but overall i thought eh, it's all right um what else eurovision got a chance to watch that yasha real quick how long did you say you made it into this movie before you had to turn it off Oh, I think I made it in about maybe 40, 45 minutes. Like, I keep going back to maybe finish it, but it, it, it's just mm-hmm. something I, I don't know if I'm ever going to do. Like, I, I just couldn't bring myself to do it. So, okay, I watched the whole thing, and I got to say, I, I ended up liking it. And I think maybe most of that <laughs> came into the, the fact that uh, I had no expectations going into it. Um, I think... Uh, what really I liked about it was the story. I, I felt the humor was hit or miss, though there were maybe two or three times I had a good belly laugh out of certain jokes. Uh, ultimately, yeah. I think that it's one of those things where uh, it, your mileage may vary because it's Will Ferrell and he's been hit or miss lately with certain things. And I think that what really made me latch on to this one was the story between uh, Rachel McAdams' character and Will Ferrell's character and this contest and uh, I really wanted to see where it all went and I think Rachel McAdams is doing uh, a great job in terms of her performance and Mm -hmm. uh, being this this chick that's like uh, this second banana to Will Ferrell but really is more than that and I think she played that really well and I just had a good time with it I'm surprised I did but I did I did enjoy it all right Um, maybe I'll go back and yeah, maybe, maybe. I mean, you might finish it and say, no, nah, I don't know what Bobby's talking about. That was trash. <laughs> you won't know until you finish it. But, it doesn't uh, happen often, yeah, but that, so, that could happen. Exactly, it could happen. Another one I got a chance to watch was Palm Springs, which is on Hulu. And this was a movie that uh, got a lot of buzz last year. And um, all I'll say about it, because I don't want to spoil it really, is that it, it involves a time loop. So it's kind of like Groundhog's Day. And it's got Andy Samberg in it and Kristen Milioti. And uh, I will say one of the standout performances in there for me was J.K. Simmons. He looks like he's really having a good time in the role. Um, but yeah, I won't say much, much more than that. It's a, it's a time loop story. So if you like those kind of stories and that genre, uh, go for it because I did enjoy it. I, I, I've seen some good promotion for that one, so I've been curious about it. Yeah, so that's good to hear. That. I want to see that one as well. I, I think you'll yeah. like it if you like that genre of movies. Uh, I think you you'll enjoy it for sure, for sure. And uh, is that it? Is that my list? Uh, I think that's my list. I think that is your. Oh list. no, one more. I got one more. There's a show on Netflix called oh, The yeah. Floor Is Lava. That's right. Oh yeah. <laughs> and. <laughs> It's just a silly show where people are in this uh, makeshift house where the it's filled up with this red liquid that make it, makes it look like lava. And your object is to get from one end to the other without falling into the lava. And uh, it is what it is. I think um, <laughs> it's mostly silly stuff. It's nothing uh, particularly great about it and grandiose. I think if you like those type of game shows where... Um, people fall flat on their face and you get humor out of that, you'll enjoy it because <laughs> that happens a lot. 
in this. Uh, and I did laugh a few times when that happened. So, uh, yeah, I think that's about all that that one is for me. It was just mindless entertainment for a couple episodes. I didn't watch the whole thing. I just watched a couple to get a sample size of it. But that's pretty much it. I feel like that show is perfect for like you know families with kids that are in grade school and you the kids are just kind of like tired of everything and you're at the end of the day and you're just like we're just gonna put on one or two episodes of this guys and then we're gonna go to bed and we're just we'll have a few laughs and and we're just we're, the day's over you know and i feel like that that's kind yeah, of what this is right. and the yeah. kids will have a great laugh of it and the parents just like as long as you're entertained i'm cool with it at this point right right <laughs> I mean, it's not bad. It's say, just one of those kind of shows that, that that's what I think it's kind of geared towards. It's totally that. And it, it can even be just background while you're doing something yeah. else. And uh, one interesting thought uh, or fact about it is that it was filmed inside of the old Ikea uh, store that used to be in Burbank before they built the new one. So they just <laughs> oh, filled those Ikea rooms up with water. And oh my did God, the, are you the serious? Thing. So it's like, kind of, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, now I'm kind of curious funny. just to visually see that. Like, <laughs> yeah. My takeaway is, oh, there's a new Ikea in Burbank since I lived there. Oh, I didn't there know that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah there is. There's a, there's a super huge, huge, huge Ikea now. Nice. Funny. So. Yasha, you had some things uh, quickly you wanted to go over real quick? Yeah, no, I'll talk about it. I, I too, have watched The Floor is Lava. It is remarkably corny. Um I think I made it through two episodes. I don't know how many episodes you made it through, Bobby, but I was I was having Just a hard two. time keeping going with it. Yeah, it was like two episodes. It's like it's very silly. It's almost like a a watered down modern day Double Dare almost type of adventure mm. <laughs> with all the obstacle courses and whatnot. And it was okay. Like I mean, it was, it was very very silly. But anyways, I digress. Mm. Let's uh, dive in here, shall we? So. The first thing that I'm going to talk about is I actually watched and took the time to explore The Warrior Nun. <laughs> that is a Netflix show that just was released. Um, you can go ahead and skip that show because it is trash. It is not great. It is very, very poorly done. Um, with saying that, the, the acting is, is fine, but the story, I think, is what really got me to the point where I was like, I, I, I can't keep watching this. I feel like it's just not going to get better. But the banter between some of the characters is fine, so it's not the talent, it's the story. Um, anyway, so there's that. And the next thing that I watched is Buffaloed. It is a movie, I think, released on Hulu, set in a world of debt collecting follows a basically a homegrown hustler peg doll who does anything to escape or tries to do anything to escape buffalo new york and it stars zoe dutch and jai courtney and judy greer this was a very very fun movie zoe is fantastic in this film it's very funny it's kind of quirky um and also it's kind of like in the in the realm of that, um, these movies that they do where they kind of show the underlining truths of like, you know, mortgage rates and, you know, the Fox scandal and everything like that, where people break the, you know, the fourth wall. And that's kind of what this movie was. And they talk about debt collecting and it, it's really kind of a corrupt system, but she's, she gets kind of sucked into that world and they just talk about it, but it's about her adventures. And she was just fantastic in this movie, fantastic in this character. 
Um, actually, probably watchable for a second time if I really think about it, but I definitely enjoyed that movie. That's Buffalo. One of the things that I've been sucked into that I've um, kind of cracked out on and I've almost finished the, all the way up to this current series, um, I am watching F is for Family, which is an animated movie on or animated series on Netflix featuring the talents of Bill Burr and quite a few other famous actors. But Bill Burr is clearly what drew me. Well, that is what drew me into watching this. Very, very dark humor but very, very, very funny. If you like Bill Burr's humor, there's really no reason why you wouldn't watch this or like this show. Um, but it's, and what's even crazier is that I heard and read that it's loosely based on his childhood, which is just, when you watch this, it's all kinds of fucked up. Like, I'm sorry, it is. Hmm. Michelle, I've been dying to talk to you about the next thing that I've been watching because I'm, I think you've watched it and you're totally into it. I have watched about six or seven episodes of The Great. Oh, yeah. Have you seen that? Yes, yes, sir. I've been sir. trying to get to Definitely cracked out on that show. It is brilliant. Mm-hmm. Love it. Uh, can't wait to finish the series. Nicholas Holt is genius. Yeah. He is such a horrible person in that movie, that, this <laughs> so show. Um, and I just, it is basically about the Russian Empire, and I love this kind of stuff, and especially when they make it quirky but dark and that's exactly what this is and i'm all i'm all hopped up on it i can't wait to finish it i'm watching it pretty regularly they officially just said that there will be a season two it's it's going to be happening i know it's it's so it is awesome it's like a tongue-in-cheek dark comedy thing and i i love it and and I'm not surprised that I love it because it's the same people that did uh, the favorite um, that film that came out what I think two years now yeah um, that David and I both loved That's and been yeah I know <laughs> and um, it's about a year and a half anyway but something like that yeah yeah I guess, I guess this Christmas yeah. will be like two years right I this think December so. okay anyway. so anyways no like I, I love that film and I love that kind of humor and that kind of dark stance on things. And this is, is just kind of more of that with a historical twist to it. It's basically, it, it, it is exactly what happened with Catherine the Great. And uh, it's a story that not many people know about. And uh, to see her perspective in a humorous light. Uh, and uh, it's, it's good. It's just the writing is really good. The acting is really good. Nicholas Holt plays a horrible, despicable human being. And uh, he does it really well. Uh, and with a smile yeah. on his face the whole time. So, no, it's it is, is, a, it's a very good show. Yeah. He is so good. He is so good in this show. I, I'm just like, it just get lost watching them all act. They're all so fantastic. Yeah. They're so, so good. And the, the dark humor that they portray in this film is just, or this series is just so good. Like, hearing that they're going to have a second season, I'm, like, super excited to hear that. So yeah. I'm definitely going to finish this and probably dive into that as soon as that comes out yep and the last thing that i'm going to talk about that i have watched or started to watch i should say i have not finished it is desperados it is a netflix movie i think that just came out this past week as well um so far it's pretty predictable but there are some really good laughs that are coming from this from watching it i'm not expecting much but I like Lamorne Morris. I like the woman that's playing opposite of him. I don't remember, but they had a, um, she has a very different, Nassim Padrad, I think is her name, and Lamorne Morris. 
my first encounter with both of them was from the new girl and they're in this movie and I think they just have really good chemistry together and I probably think that they're very, very tight and close friends, which is one of the reasons why they probably did this movie together. But it's it's a fun movie, it's fine. The banter back and forth and everything is over the top, it's silly, and there's some parts that are just really have gotten me a, a, a good laugh. So I'll finish that movie and that's what I've been watching. Very nice. You know, real quick, before you jump back, um, I want to ask this to Michelle and you too, David, but mostly Michelle and uh, Yasha. Since you've seen The Great and you've gotten a, a good, I guess, sample size of Nicholas Holt's um, acting ability between this and um, what was the other movie he, we just talked about that he was in? Uh, the Favorite. That was, yes, The Favorite. Yeah. Uh, there was a lot of rumors that said that before it ended up getting cast uh, for the Batman, it was between uh, Robert Pattinson and Nicholas Holt. Do you think that Nicholas Holt could have played Batman if that was the case? You know, it's interesting. I, I remember when this whole, like, who's going to get cast for it was kind of going down. And I remember his name being pulled for it. And I don't think that it comes down to like acting chops. If it's more or less kind of a visual thing, I don't know if he's, and and I think he's actually in. He's kind of one of those people that's kind of an odd looker, but he's kind of attractive in his oddities. And um, but I don't know if for me he's just he's not Bruce Wayne. He's not Batman. And and I say that, and, and it's kind of hard to imagine Robert Pattinson, but I can kind of see it in this detective way, like. Nicholas, who is very good at wearing many hats, I, this way that Bruce Wayne is depicted as a detective in, in this mannerism, I think it was cast correctly with Robert, actually, in my opinion. And I don't think it's really skill. It's more a look, a believability to me. See, um, respectfully, I'm going to disagree. I think Nicholas Holt would probably be a better choice for the Batman movie. Um, with this just based on his talent and his acting ability. And also I see kind of like almost like a young Michael Keaton in this guy, like around his eyes and, you know, kind of like his, you know, stare and whatnot, just kind of like the pointy eyebrows type of situation. So I don't know, like, I think he could have probably done it off, like for somebody that's kind of coming into his own, you know, he's, he's obviously in really, he's in really, really good shape. You know, they can make him be this whole like coming to age type of character in Batman. And I think he, would have done a good job with that, especially with how much he plays into the aspect of um, being like a, a, he could play the grown man child type of role and then drop into being a dark and forbidding, forbidding character because he does that in the great. Like there's times when it's like, he's very playful. And then all of a sudden you see him just switch and that switch is not a good look. Cause he is just horribly, horribly, he tortures people. Like he just tortures right. people with, with what he wants. So that's my opinion. I wonder what David thinks actually. Oh. Uh, <laughs> He's the Batman guy, so you know. <laughs> uh I think he would be a good pick. I if I had to pick one or the other, I'm I'm still good with the Robert Pattinson pick over Nicholas Holt. Uh but if Nicholas Holt had gone then I I guess I only say Robert Pattinson over him because kind of the things like you touched on, Michelle, I think I just visually see him in that role better, more easily 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the same time, Nicholas Holt is such a good actor that I know we'd, right. we'd see our first still image of him as Bruce Wayne and then him in the suit. And I'd be like, OK, yeah, he, yeah, he's great. yeah, yeah. Um, but right off the bat, I, Robert Pattinson is an easier self buy for me like that. That works for me a little more. But Nicholas Holt's such a good actor that he could do it, too. It's almost 50 50. But yeah. if I have to pick one or the other, I, I think I would have gone with Robert Pattinson anyway. I almost could see Nicholas playing like a young Joker. I could see that. Anyways. Anyways. So. So. This show is going along, but we've got oh, other it's, cool it's, things. That's what we do best. Come we're on. so good at it. Everyone, everyone <laughs> likes to hang out with us here on YouTube. You guys we just sit back, about relax. All the you know, we're going to talk about all the things in the 80s from here on out. It is time for our top five lists. And this week, Yasha, you had the honor of choosing our list of the week. And with that, I'm just going to hand it over to you and you can tell everybody what we're going to be counting down this week. All right, let's do it. Okay, so what we're doing today is we're going to be counting down your top five over-the-top action movies or creations of a genre or whatever. Well, no, more more like action, like one person versus like the world type of situation, like one person taking on an entire army or entire group or entire situation, but they are clearly the hero, and this is where we're going. We're going from here to point A to point B, and nobody's getting in the way. Because you can't stop this motherfucker because they are that bad ass and they will mow through everybody. It just does not matter what the situation is. So that's what we're doing. We're counting down the top five resilient, over the top action movies of the 80s, in our opinion. Gotcha. All right. Well, with that, Yasha, you picked the list. That means I going down this list of the four of us here. Michelle, you're you're gonna start us off next. with your number five. 80s action film. My number five. So I'll, I'll admit, I have not seen that many over-the-top like 80s action films, but I've seen a ridiculous amount of 80s action films in my time. Um, so my list might be a little bit more subdued than others, I guess. But um, for me, um, just make sure I'm looking at my notes real quick. My number <laughs> five, <laughs> I know I'm so old. My number five is actually um, Escape from New York. Uh, and that was released in 1981, and it's got the incomparable Kurt Russell in it, and it's pretty outrageous to think that this film was came out in 81, and it's supposed to be taking place in New York City in 1997, and that's and think about that 1997 was just so far away in the future um that new manhattan itself has become an entire prison and the whole premise is that he has to go and save the president to get a pardon for his crimes that he committed quote unquote and it's basically him versus all of the prisoners in new york city to get the president out and it's yeah, it's just a big it's a big hot mess from beginning to end with random ways that he that snake has to, you know, get out of and I don't know, it's it's a classic for me. I I've I wouldn't say that I've watched this movie a multitude of times, but in the like 5 to 7 times I've seen this movie, I still enjoy it. It's still silly, but I like it a lot and I have a good time watching it. So, yeah, for me it's a uh, Escape from New York. 
All right, Escape from New York, you were number five. Uh, that moves things over to me. Uh, I'm pulling a Yasha this week. I'm kind of uh, winging it. I have a list Ew. of six movies here that Ew. I uh, kind of have narrowed down to. So obviously <laughs> one of these is getting the boot. Um, but I'm kind of just picking the order as we go. I've got my number five, though. This is a movie that I think perfectly fits your your description, Yasha, of not just an 80s action movie, but kind of the over-top central like action character and this this genre is good for me too because i grew up uh watching <laughs> like uh, religiously arnold schwarzenegger films and i i always feel like i'm the the perfect example of why violence in movies doesn't have to have an effect on a kid because uh, I watched some pretty violent stuff as a child and I'm about as, pa- I'm about like as pacifist passive person as they I've come. ever met ever um, my parents did a good job I guess of you know instilling in me like this is not real do not be a bloody <laughs> violent person because uh, I watched some pretty crazy stuff and stuff like this uh, my number five is the running man Oh, um, that's a good one. Dang it. Good one. Uh, monkeys. <laughs> that's a good one. Man. There's some over-the-top oh, violence oh. in there. there. There is. Like ridiculous and, violence. Is. And this is a... Unnecessary. This is a Schwarzenegger <laughs> film that I feel like doesn't get enough uh, recognition. Not. I feel like it's kind of buried yeah. under his his catalog of films and I would imagine there's a lot of people now that have probably have never even heard of the running man. I think it came out in 87 and it it centers around a guy who's been falsely accused of something. And in this dystopian future, which by the way, I think in this movie is like 2017 to 2019 or something (laughs) like that. Um, uh, Basically criminals like this are then thrown into this like show where they're having to, they're like hunted by these, Mm -hmm. by these hunters that kill them, like all these wrestling stars and shit. Uh, And uh, the movie's crazy. And I remember really, really enjoying this as a kid because not only was it crazy action, but it was also in the future. I loved movies like this that were set Uh in the future and, and the I, 80s future. Yeah, the 80s future. It was, it was fantastic. And <laughs> um, it makes me want to watch this because it's been a really long time since I've seen this movie. This. But I, if I watch it, it'll be like just like it was yesterday. I, I, I saw this movie a lot. And I don't know what that says about me, but The Running Man, that's my number five. That's a good one. Damn it. Bobby. Good one, David. Good one. Oh, wow. Bobby, you're number five. Yeah. My number five is going to be, you know, I don't think that any of us will be able to do this list without running into having someone like Arnold Schwarzenegger on the list, or in my case, uh, his counterpart, Sylvester Stallone. And I could not not put this movie on my list because it is very much over the top, especially if you see the progression of this series for him. And no, it's not Rambo. It's actually Rocky. In this, in this case, it's Rocky Four. Not only does oh, Rocky yeah. battle <laughs> a Russian and take Sorry. on all of Russia <laughs> in the ring, uh, even before that, we've got Apollo Creed 
uh, and James Brown. I mean, it just it, it <laughs> lavishes in the over the Sorry. top. <laughs> he has this big old concert, just thinking he's gonna dust off uh, the Russian, you know. And it just this big performance that's just so over the top with everything. And you know, of course, uh, he gets killed. And then from there, Rocky does his whole well, training well, montage, and most of it becomes a. <laughs> if you don't know by now, oh well, sorry. Right. My These bad. are movies from the eighties, so yeah, you probably haven't seen Creed two, <laughs> also as well. <laughs> um, so, so uh, yeah, it's just you can't help but to know that that's a cheesy movie, just because, especially where the pedigree came from. I mean, you go from the first Rocky movie that's Oscar nominated, then you go Rocky two, and then you got Clever Lang in three, and then he's got all of Russia that he's taken on in four and it's absolutely over the top, but I love it. So that's my number five. Nice. All right. That means we're moving over to you, Yasha, your number five. I'm going to actually start it off with a quote. This was a a fun movie for me. This was, um, I mean, this was, this was very, very eighties. I enjoyed the hell out of it. I'm going to say the quote and I'm going to hope that you guys recognize it. It's just, just remember what old Jack Burton does when the earthquakes and the poison <laughs> arrows fall from the sky and the pillars of heaven shake. Yeah, Jack Burton just looks that big old storm square in the eye and he says, give me your best shot, pal. Yeah. I can take it. I'm talking about big trouble in little China. Like oh. I remember watching that movie when it was in the 80s when I was a kid. I don't even think I was 10 yet. It came out, I think, in 86. Yeah, so I was barely barely nine when i first saw that movie and it was it was everything i watched it a lot like i I remember when i saw that on the one of the lists that i was looking it up and i was like oh yeah that's definitely going up there kurt russell at his finest just taking on every foreign (laughs) special effects and just a fantastic supernatural movie directed by john carpenter the legend himself and it was uh it's just a fun movie. So, yeah, that was my number five. All right, moving on to fours. Michelle, your number four. Well, Yasha, great minds think alike because my number four is Big Trouble <laughs> in Little China. I don't even, I, I literally cannot count how many times I watched Did this movie China? when I was a kid. In China, yeah. Big Trouble in Little China. In little China. Oh, God. That's all you said, Little China. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, I just, I'm thinking about how many times I saw this. We used to watch this movie over and over and over and over when I was a kid. My brothers and I loved this. Um, it's interesting that I have two Kurt Russell films on my list. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, this movie's it is over the top. I mean, and it's definitely not, um, I don't know. I don't even know how to put it. It's it's not very uh, racially accurate in many, 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 many ways. Mm. But, um, God, it's just, it's a good over-the-top 1980s action film. And there's just, some of the effects are so, they're so 80s, but they're so good in that way. Um, yeah, no, this movie, it's, it's funny, it's silly and irreverent, and... Um, yeah, no, I mean, by today's standards, this movie would super probably not fly at all in how we are as a society. But in 1980s, we pulled it off, and this movie is just it's spectacular. Yeah. Um, no, I recommend this one. <laughs> yeah, no, this one, it's a good one. Big Trouble in Little China. 
Big Trouble in Little China, your number four. That brings us to me and my number four, uh, another 1987 film. Uh, it was a good year for 80s action films, I guess. And not only that, 80s action films that uh, took place, uh, I guess, I say in the future, and I'm trying to remember what kind of future this was or if it even was. I don't think it was. I, it's weird. I, I'm, I'm saying it you're as saying if I know it like what you're you know what I'm going to say. But but yeah, but I, <laughs> I don't. Well, but, I think I know what you're, I like I think I I know did, what you're talking so about. Weird. I think uh, I know what you're talking about. I thought I knew what you were going to say. Now, now I'm going to try to look it up really quick and I think see I know what you're talking about. if indeed it takes place in another, or if it's just like. It, okay, so this is 1987, it, it, a futuristic <laughs> thing. A futuristic so thing. This, Who's going to guess? Is this Robocop? This is Robocop. That's what I thought it was. Yes! Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, I knew it. Robocop, oh my God, that was so over-the-top, gratuitous violence, oh, yeah. and I saw that at such a young age. Oh. I, same here. I remember certain scenes of that movie going, even at my age at that time, going, I shouldn't be watching this. I know, oh, I thought that too. I can't believe, I can't believe my parents let me watch this. Like, <laughs> this is insane. I was like, my parents cleared this with the babysitter? Right. All right. Yeah. Cool. Uh, I remember seeing the second one in the theater, and I saw the first one. First one at home. Yeah, it's crazy violent. It's over the top. What's there to say about it? Uh, I, I ate it up, though, I guess. And I, I also watched this one a lot. Um, so, yeah, Robocop. That's half, my number. Half man, half robot. That's my number four. Uh, Bobby, your number four action film. You you know, it's so funny because I knew, or at least I felt like I knew that's what you were going to say once you said 87, and then you were trying to get contemplative whether it was future or not. Because right. um, another one of his movies, and by him, I mean, sorry, Paul Verhoeven, uh, I was thinking I wanted to put on my list, but it was actually too far past the 80s. It was uh, Starship Troopers. I was oh, like, oh no, God, that movie's so good. Like, because that definitely would have made my list. We need a 90s action um, but, movie list because I already have that one made <laughs> yeah, in my head. Sure. That will come for sure. Um, my yeah. number four is a movie that, ah, oh man, I, I can't tell you. It, this is another one that kind of falls in that realm of I probably shouldn't have been watching this when I did watch it just because <laughs> of some of the uh, scenes in it. But uh, it's just so funny because a lot of people come at this uh, movie a certain sort of way and it's just so delicious in the way that it's violent but it's just so ridiculous because of the concept of it and my number four is with patrick swayze and it's roadhouse and <laughs> wrote i mean it's patrick swayze what is he doing being a bouncer no at this business. place and taking out a whole town of no baddies <laughs> i mean as they come after this place <laughs> And then he rips a guy's throat out at the end with his bare hands. I mean, you can't get much over the top <laughs> than ripping someone's throat out with your own hands. So it's just a movie. I can't tell you how many times I've watched it. And, uh, you know, those scenes, I forget what his um, co-star's name is in that movie. Um, mm. But I remember that song that's playing uh, These Arms of Mine, I think. And I'm like, oh, should I be watching this? Because there's like a lot of nudity in that part. But that is just, I, I think that it's just so simple in its concept. 
and it's just done so well with the way that Patrick Swayze delivers that character of Dalton. And it's just that line that I always remember from it. Uh, we are, we're nice until it's time to not be nice. And that's just always what I remember from that movie. <laughs> it's it's so funny that Patrick Swayze did that movie because he, he if I remember, actually is a was a pacifist like he was very not a violent guy like he didn't it's so it was such a weird character for him to play in general for him to be like you know what i'll play this i'll play this role i got this it was weird but it's funny now mm. this is i'm so ruined by television so now whenever i think about round uh, roadhouse all i think about is uh the family guy that one episode where everything is about roadhouse roadhouse roadhouse, roadhouse. 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 that's all i think about now I don't even think about the movie. I think about the Family Guy's episode about Roadhouse. <laughs> so messed up. Anyways. Yeah, it's funny. Yasha, you're number four. All right. My number four, I had to throw this person up there because it really launches an entire franchise and crushes it and basically revolutionized what the action hero is supposed to be. I'm talking about Ripley and Aliens. Mm coming strong taking on all the baddies because this time it's war apparently Mm -hmm. is the tagline for aliens from 1986 um over the top crazy action um ridiculous and literally she's the one person that is able to take out these gigantic six foot seven to seven foot monsters that are able to climb all over the place and kill at will except for her yeah i'm all about aliens the movie's badass. James Cameron does it again. Good pick. Aliens, oh. number four. Michelle, you're taking us to number three. All right, now I'm, now I'm getting in there. I'm getting into some of the heavy hitters here, officially. This is a big mm-hmm. one. This one ignited some of my worst childhood dreams, actually, my worst nightmares that I would have. And I saw this movie... Uh, again, Babysitter watched it, and I should not have watched this movie. <laughs> Uh, but that is uh, Predator. That movie messed me up mm. hard. Um, and, and, <laughs> like I did, I did really okay with it up until a certain scene where people or bodies are hanging from trees, and yeah, then I had nightmares for the rest of you know the next ten years. Anyways, um, no Predator is a really excellent action film. Honestly, as sci-fi as it is, it's still a really great action film. Obviously, it has the the one the only Arnold Schwarzenegger in it and he's amazing in his role and yeah it's him versus aliens basically um you know these uh, these creatures that that can literally just morph into invisibility and kill you in the absolute worst horrific ways that your nightmares can not even comprehend um, so yeah, for me, it's it's Predator for sure. It's, uh, it's an excellent '80s action film. '87. That was a good year. It was a good year. '86 too. Actually, I have a list. I, I wrote down a ton of movies and I wrote their years down. '86 yeah. and '87 were solid. Well, uh, for my number three, uh, I had to go away from 87 finally. Um, going back to, I believe it's 1984. Ooh. Uh, I feel like we're playing a game now. If uh, if you can guess what I'm about to say, but uh, my number four, I got two. I got two. I got is, two. Is uh, Terminator. Oh, the Terminator. Yep. Um. Yeah. It it it, it la- It's well. Yeah. Basically, launched a career for James Cameron, right? 
Um, and yeah, uh, another Schwarzenegger film, another movie I shouldn't be watching. Though I don't think <laughs> I saw this in 84. I forget when I finally first watched this. Uh, but anyway, it's it's the Terminator. It's it's fantastic. I really I really have not much to say about the Terminator. It's number three. There's not there's not much to 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 comment on because everyone has seen the Terminator. Like everyone, and right. they've, everybody has seen T two, which again nineties. But yeah, no, everybody's seen Terminator. And you know it's funny. I was thinking about when I saw Predator, and Predator was also an eighty seven. And I think I saw it in eighty nine or ninety, but I was still a young buck, and that one messed me up. Mm. I'm trying to remember when I first saw Terminator. I'll just think about that. Yeah. All okay. right, Bobby, you're number three. Uh, yeah, you know, it's funny. I'm looking at my list, and I'm hearing your guys' list, and I think my list is really comprised of over-the-top stuff as opposed to just, you know, 80s action movies because definitely I would have put something like Aliens on my list or um, Terminator as well just because of how much they stuck with me as a kid growing up. But I went real deep onto the <laughs> over-the-top stuff because those movies for me, even though they're over-the-top, they stuck with me. And I didn't maybe think of them as being over-the-top at the time. They just were enjoyable movies. My number three firmly fits into the idea of being over-the-top because, <clears throat> I mean, <laughs> just the concept alone of it really is that in and of itself. So my number three is Barry Gordy's The Last Dragon. And for anyone oh. who's seen this movie, oh they my know God. it's over the top. You got Shona. Am I the meanest? Shona. <laughs> you got Am I the baddest? Shona. Isn't he and Leroy? Then you just got Bruce Leroy. Oh, Bruce Leroy. Bruce okay. Because he's yeah, trying to be Bruce, Bruce Leroy. Lee, Leroy but Green. Bru yep. Leroy Green. Oh, God. Yeah. 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 And that's his antagonist. And, you know, the movie is like corny and cheesy in a lot of different aspects, but you kind of fall into the story. And really, uh, one of the things that I mean, I fell in love with in, when I was a young kid watching this movie was Vanity. Um, yeah. She was <laughs> supremely hot back then. And um, I just remember that at least after a while, not at the time, but you forget since this was Barry Gordy's movie, there's a lot of music in the movie. There's a lot and of music. And a in lot that of one. it was to showcase some of his, yeah, some of his talent on his roster. And one of the songs that came out of that whole movie and soundtrack was uh, El DeBarge, Rhythm of the Night. I mean, that song is, will forever be tied to that movie, but it stands on its own as a song that a lot of people know and remember. But the uh, the action in that movie is just silly at this point. But at the time, I just remember him being sort of kind of like a, this black superhero because he had these powers and abilities. And that's why I remember watching this movie in the theater. And then you're watching it and it goes along and it's all kind of like normal in a sense. And then all of a sudden, Shogun, when they're in that final battle, he's got his hands back and they start glowing red. And you're like, what? He's got like powers. And then Bruce Leroy realizes that he's the master and he has the glow. And then they start battling and everything. You're just like, man, this became something altogether different. Mm. So it was most definitely uh, this over the top movie. But uh, love, love, love that movie for sure. That's a good Bravo. one. It's so over the top and yeah. so good. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Oh, All right, Yasha, your number three action film. 80s action my film. My number three 
I'm actually going to have to uh, mirror somebody on this list already, and that is The Predator. Uh, definitely uh-huh. wanted to put Arnold up there. Um, he what that movie right there, like you, Michelle, that 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 skinning and hanging them from the tree scene, like that, that messes up. Well, that that sticks with a little kid, man. There's really no reason in the world why watching with that shit. <laughs> that messed me up. It was, definitely, it was definitely dark. It was definitely one of the things that was uh, a little messed up. But yeah, that's uh, that's pretty much where I'm going with that. All right, Michelle, you're taking us to number two. Number two, 80s action film. And and I feel like 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 I premised before I started this list, like mine's not too over the toppy because I didn't see a lot of of over over the top gratuitous eighties action films. Like I never saw Bloodsport, which I'm sure you guys are gonna be like, Oh, oh, Bloodsport. But I, I never saw that one and I I think I saw Last Blood like once ever so i'm not that familiar with some of the really like heavy hitters here at least in that 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 context but for me my number two is also the terminator uh that film was mm-hmm. i remember seeing that film for the first time and going like what is happening in the future like for me that just blew my mind that we have you know robots coming back and that they are I guess when I was a kid, my head was like, robots are good. And then it's like, oh, wow, robots will kill you. And robots will kill you in a very violent way. And they will just literally shoot you with a huge shotgun. And I just remember being so amazed by the whole situation. Um, no, it's that movie's uh it's 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 obviously it's like a major classic as far as action films go, as far as sci-fi goes. Um but no, there's there's some over the top over the top kill shots in that one that are like, whoa, we didn't need to. Okay, Arnold's just gonna shoot everybody and kill everybody with a shotgun. Okay, that's that's what's happening. Cool, cool, cool. That's fine. That's fine. Um, no, yeah, but Terminator, like, God, classic '80s action films, spectacular. That's all I need to say. That's all you gotta say. That's for all the you Terminator. gotta say about the Terminator. You're number two. Uh, all right. So then my number two is taking us to, what is it? 1988, I believe. Um, as I see Michelle looking over your list. Oh! <laughs> wow. 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 I know what it is. Oh my God. Uh, this is epic right here. This is, yeah, you know, this is epic. I'm amazed that this is your number two. Honestly, well, I'm a little sad. I'll say this. A little disappointed. This, it's, uh, so, you know, we talk about our lists and what makes certain movies and kind of like you touched on Bobby. I feel like I'm a mixture of like some stuff that's not, it's over the top, but it's, it's also big budget. You know, they've become super big films Uh versus just crazy over the top kind of stuff. And then there's, there's a reason, like, I guess in a way my number one is where it is because it better fits kind of the overall theme we're going Mm. for. Plus I just purely love that movie um okay. this, i think i know what your number one is number two <laughs> i i definitely oh, I know what the number two is number two i definitely very much love oh like, yeah purely love this movie as well but it's it doesn't quite fit the i don't know what i guess it kind of does I, I i don't I know i mean it could fit a whole nother category technically it could and uh my number two 
uh, is um, as I as I try to get my graphic going here. Um, my number two is Die Hard. Oh. Uh, Mm. <laughs> the best Christmas movie. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. The best movie that is now like always debated: is this a Christmas movie or not? Uh, and uh, even though I don't necessarily fall into the camp of oh, this is a Christmas movie, I do watch it at Christmas. So um, there's <laughs> it's that tradition now. Uh, it's it's just a great movie. I remember seeing this in a movie theater uh, in '88, and uh, I guess at 10 years old. Yeah, I. I just remember that experience in a movie theater sitting through this just felt like, man, this is special. I don't know what it was about it. And this movie is special. It's it's just incredibly good. And so I was in theater. I saw this in the theater. Wow. I remember what theater I saw it at. Like it stuck. Yeah. I remember walking out of the theater yeah. after. Like I remember the exit we used and just I don't know. It it it's like fresh. Wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no. Die Hard uh is a movie I really love. I guess I love our my number one movie a little more, I guess. <gasps> but But Bruce. But Die Hard is fantastic, don't get me wrong. That's why it's in my number two. I feel like I'm disappointing you that it's not my number one. So, so good. It is so good. That's why it's my number, number two. one is what I think it is. I think I and and based on how you made your list, yeah. I could see why your number one would be what it is. If I'm guessing right, but we'll I'm see. Curious. I, I fear, I, 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 <laughs> yeah. I guess I don't know. I'm curious if you're guessing correctly. Mm. Um, yeah, mm. yeah. I'm looking at my uh, list that I've so, written up, and I'm like, hmm. Yeah. Mm. All right, Bobby, your number two. My number two uh, has already been said, so I won't really go too much into it other than just to really kind of say it. And uh, what I think is funny about it is uh, my number two is Running Man. And the reason why that one is, is a lot of the reasons why David said it's and what makes that so over the top is the aspect of it being this sort of game show aspect. And then the fact that for anyone that's old enough like myself to remember They'll know that the the host of the game show in the movie was uh, Richard Dawson, who used to host Family Feud back in the day before yep. uh, any time that uh, uh, Harvey uh, Steve Harvey did it. So uh, people would remember him as a game show host, and so for him being in the movie as this host of this deadly game, uh, yeah, it was just uh, perfect, really, in that sense. And. Uh, it's just so over the top and I can't help but love it. And I haven't seen it for a while myself either, but yeah, I would love to revisit it sometime because it's, it's pretty awesome. I remember some of the kill sequences in that one just being kind of, kind of over the top and gratuitous for no reason. Like, like, Whoa, this is man. And I mean, Arnold really have to get dirty to, to win a segment and like other players would have to, Oh God, it was rough. Some of those things were rough, mm-hmm. man. And yeah, it does kind of take it up a notch that the dude that used to host the family feud is now hosting this like <laughs> death game. Like that takes it up a yeah. notch of like, this is messed up. <laughs> Anyways. All right. Yasha, you're number two. My number two has already been said as well. I mean, there's only a certain amount of these that we can get through, so I don't need to dive too much more into this. I recently just rewatched this movie maybe about two months ago when the quarantine first started happening, and that is Die Hard. Gotta love it. That Christmas movie is so classic. It is just a fantastic, fantastic film. I still laugh at some of the scenes. 
come to the coast. We'll have a few drinks and get together. Like all that stuff. <laughs> Love it all. So Die Hard is my number two. All right, Michelle. Start off our number ones. All right. Shall well, you? I mean, I'm a little sad because this is my number one. And apparently it might not be good enough for number one because it seems to be everybody's number two. But that's 1988's Die Hard. Um, for me, mm. this movie is it's a classic description of 1980s action film for me like it it, it 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 has thrilling things that happen you got a dude calling through air vents trying to figure out how to maneuver through a building and then kill people and not die like it's oh, it's so good there's explosions for absolutely <laughs> no reason in like stairwells and stuff like why is this not a spectacular number one for everybody? I don't understand. Wow. People get <laughs> like like there's there's kill sequences that just don't even need to happen, and that's okay in this movie. It's what makes that movie great. Um, I mean, and then, and then the ending. God, the ending is so good. You know, I mean, not only does the man fall from I don't even know how many stories up, but there's explosions below him engulfing. I mean, it's come on. 1980s action movie like definitive is <laughs> Die Hard. Love it. Could watch it over and over. <laughs> watch it every Christmas. Die Hard. You're number one. My number two. Yasha's number two. Bobby, it sounded like you wanted to chime in. Or did I? No, not here? about the list. I was just going to say I was just going to say about yours. About mine. Uh, I'm your number one. Yeah. Um, He's guessing I'll already. just say the year, just just to guess. <laughs> okay. uh, and, and if it's not in the year, then I got it wrong. Ready. But is your movie, did your movie come out in 1980? 1980? No. Yeah. No. Okay. Oh. Okay. Oh. And of course, I'm going to start to wonder, there's probably a lot of stuff I'm just forgetting. Like when I you know sat down to put together this list i'd be curious to hear some other honorable mentions or maybe what you're predicting that mm -hmm. might not be it maybe i'm like oh wait no that is fantastic and i totally forgot about it i don't know <laughs> is it 82 no it's not <laughs> no i do this it's, it's not and i'm gonna know. double check myself make sure i'm not crazy on this year but uh, I, know. I know it's not 82 I but uh okay Bef but before i say it i wanted to make sure i'm not wrong about the year uh, the year is uh, going back to that that great year of '87. Wow, um, another '87. Another, I had three '87s on my list. Wow. Okay. Yeah. okay. Three '87s and '84 and an '88. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, my number my number one has been listed already a couple times at least. I think I think it was just twice. And this is a movie that uh, brings me back to Schwarzenegger, and that is Predator. Like I, 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 I really, really like this movie. I think it, <clears throat> I think it works too. It's just, it's such a, in, in a way, it's such a simple idea. It, I, it's, it's over the top, and the the kills in this are over the top. But it's also the movie is quiet at times, and. It's got yeah. a very simple concept about it, but it's got that futuristic aspect, sci-fi aspect to it that I loved as a kid. This, the funny thing is about this list too, and this was in 87, that was what, nine at that point? Um, 
you know, my parents let me watch a lot of stuff, but I remember I had really wanted to see this when it was getting ready to come out. And my mom watched it on video or something first. Like I didn't get to see a lot of these in the theater, but, um, I remember my my mom, we rented it and she watched it before I did. And she was like, okay, I'm going to let you watch this, but there's going to be times in the movie. I'm going to tell you to like close your eyes or, you know, Mm -hmm. turn away. So the first time or two that I watched it, that's how I experienced it. I missed all these little spots. Oh, <laughs> and, gosh. And, and then I... You missed the terror. And then it wasn't long after. I, forget, I I wish I could remember how soon it was. It probably was even within like a months or something that I finally watched it and saw the whole thing. And I remember my nine or at that point, maybe 10-year-old self going, oh, that's what I cover my eyes for? Come on. Like... <laughs> Like, oh, skin people hanging from the guy with a big hole in his body after he got shot. That's nothing. Like, I was, based on her reaction, I was expecting, like, man, this is some crazy shit in this movie. Like, (laughs) she's telling me to close my eyes. I mean, she has let me watch some crazy stuff before. Why is she, like, covering this up? This must be nuts. And it was, don't get me wrong, it's pretty gory, but, but it wasn't that nuts. I don't know. I really love Predator. I think it's a great movie. It's too bad that the franchise kind of was crap after that. And then, you know, what yeah. they tried to do with the Alien vs. Predator and everything. Yeah. I say that. And at the same time, I think this just, a, it could have just been a good example of a great movie. And we, I wish we could have been one and done. And that we had never seen Predator again, you know. And maybe not get a sequel until now when it could have been a really good sequel or something like that. But, yeah. you know, I, I, just, I just really really like this movie and Die Hard is definitely huge for me as well but I guess Predator has a more special spot in my heart Predator just inches it out in your heart I, I, guess get, so. I get that I get that so yeah Predator is my number one alright Bobby you're number one Ah, my number one is a movie I'm pretty sure most people uh, maybe yourselves included have never even heard of let alone good. watched it <laughs> and I got to tell you, this movie, I watched it so many times on HBO. It's so ridiculous. Um, and it was, was definitely when, when I was in my um, kung fu uh, ninja type phase of my life and loved those type of movies. And this movie had no business being uh, really for any reason. But yet it exists, and I, I I do love it because there's some just outrageous stuff going on in this movie. And my number one movie is called, from 1985, Jim Cotta. And I'll spell that for you, David. Oh, thanks. <laughs> it's not, That'd be helpful. It's, not a, it's a weird movie. It's, it's G-Y-M-K-A-T-A. And it stars uh, an Olympic gold medalist named Kurt Thomas, who just recently passed. And the whole idea is that he's this guy who is going to this foreign country to compete in this game, that this contest that no one who, who has come from outside of that country has ever won. And uh, it's so ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. <laughs> There's this one point in time yeah, in the movie when be so because good. he's a gold medalist, because he's a and you'll have to look it up on YouTube. I I guarantee it's on YouTube. Um, There's a scene where because he's a gold medalist, they had to put something in there that um, I guess 
went to his skill level in terms of fighting. And so in the middle of this town, I think it's called Town of the Crazies, and there's all these weird people in this town, and they start coming to attack him from all these different angles. And in the middle of the town, for some reason, he finds some sort of thing that looks like a pummel horse. So he grabs onto the pummel horse and he's swinging his legs around and knocking people over and doing like an Olympic kind of like <laughs> figure uh, dance or whatever with the pummel horse and just knocking people out left and right with it. And it's just so ridiculous. But it's one of those types of movies that because it was so dumb and over the top at the time and I realized it, I just ate it up like candy so that's my number one and i i know no one's ever heard i had of i had to put that poster up because i'm like I, i've epic. never heard of that i've and never this, heard this of it is amazing this poster is amazing uh, that poster is so magical that is so <laughs> there's a lot there's a lot of beauty happening right now oh, like, it is gorgeous. even the symmetry of it's really good like it's really a good poster <laughs> Damn. Yeah, I don't even know. Why. Yeah, this is definitely one of those over the top ones. I I don't know why this is. Wow, that's this good, guy man. Bobby for the win here so far. We just yeah. got one more Brought to one go. I man, definitely damn, have never heard of. That's a good one. <laughs> All right, Yasha, finish Bring it, it off. Home. Bring it uh, home. Uh, you're number one. You know, what? I I had my number one, but Bobby saying something triggered a memory for something that I was like, oh my God, I, I can't believe I forgot about this one movie, but I'm still going to stick with my number one that I originally wanted to do. And that is just all kinds of awesomeness. And it's already been played out there and Bobby already said it. And it's just one of the lines is I thought you'd be bigger. I'm talking about roadhouse, baby. <laughs> that is my number one over the top. Just like, just like Bobby said, it's like, here's Patrick Swayze coming off of Dirty Dancing, being the bad boy Dirty Dancer, and here he is now kicking ass and taking names as a bouncer and rips a guy's throat out at the end of the movie. But that's cool. Like, mm -hmm. everything's okay after that. Like Totally normal. You don't get, <laughs> yeah, you don't get much more over the top than that. And that right there, to me, was like the quintessential um, – 1980s movie and but him listening to him talk it triggered a memory of one of the other movies that i wanted to mention but i i'm this i'm sticking with my list and i'm going with roadhouse nice well there's our top fives i'm curious yeah. to know what your guests really quick what was what, what did was you your... think my number one was ah uh, so i oh sorry yes you... okay good i i Bye -bye. thought Maybe because you've talked about the movie before and I think we share a mutual love for it or maybe that's something I made up in my head. But I thought your number one was going to be uh, Flash Gordon. Oh, uh, and see that that's a big movie for me. But I guess I think of it more like a comic book sci fi film than I do like mm -hmm. an action film. Mm -hmm. So I guess that's why I didn't even consider it. So. That's fair. Yeah. I think of it as action, but it's definitely that over the top just by concept. Oh, alone. I mean, it's it's definitely it's over the top over. for was, sure. Was that 1980 <laughs> so or 79? It was. It, it said 80 on IMDb, but maybe I thought it was 79 too. Early, so. I it was 70, Old. But, yeah. <sighs> yeah. I mean, a quick Google. I'm seeing 80 as well, but yeah, it was released on December 5th, 1980. So Yasha, what was the other one you were thinking about putting up there? 
Oh, I, anybody that's anyone that watches 80s movies is definitely. I saw this in the theater, had no business seeing it in the theater. I saw it in the theater with my dad for no, for no reason. But um, I'm talking about The Golden Child. Oh, uh, yeah. So I mean, the guy literally goes up against the devil and wins, okay? Like mm-hmm. yeah. with a knife. Yeah. And it's just, it's just, it's so like ridiculous and so over the top. And I, like when I was thinking, it was like, oh my god, how did I not make that? Manage to put that on my list? And I mean, I can still probably watch that movie because there's so many fantastic one lines through that film. I, I, I just, it's just, it's so, it's funny. It's just great. So that's you know Eddie dancing around the idea of being in the action film and the Golden Child being it. So like, hey, that was it. That was my honorable mention, if you will. I mean, yeah, we've gone over way long, but are there any honorable mentions really quick? Some of you guys are just have to list. I'll run through mine real quick. So I also had Aliens and I had Robocop also listed as my other ones. Um, And I had Last Dragon on there, too, because I remember that being just like just ridiculousness. I remember like nights when I was younger and like waking up randomly like like four in the morning and finding it on TV and like watching it <laughs> until the song came up. Mm-hmm. Anyways, um, mm-hmm. the other ones that are on a bunch is First Blood. I mean, hello, it's the first Rambo, 1982. Guys, like Stallone, this is classic. Um, and then I had some other ones that you might not want to say. I don't think they are fitting quite with our our definition of over-the-top 1980s action movies, but for me, they are still 80s action mm. movies, and that is Lethal Weapon and Beverly Hills Cop. I mm-hmm. I stupid love those movies. They're really good mm-hmm. action movies of the 80s, for sure. Um, I just don't think they quite yep. fit the over-the-top level that we were kind of going for as far as like violence, maybe. Mm-hmm. But for an 80s action film, I think those are pretty classic. Bobby, it sounded like you had something that you wanted to mention. Yeah, and again, just sort of to echo and jump on what Michelle was saying, I agree with some of those that she mentioned. And I would also add another Eddie Murphy movie into that mix, which is uh, 48 Hours with Nick Nolte. That's That's a good one, too. That's a good one. Back in the day. For sure. Um, But the rest of my over-the-top list is, let's see here, I got, um, well, I did mention... Flash Gordon, I did Bitcoin Cash, um, Master, uh, Remo Williams. I don't know if anyone ever saw that movie. And uh, The Toxic Avenger. Oh, <laughs> you know, I thought about that. Oh, I actually did think about that because it was so weird and so like. Yeah, it's very. It's such a like a so D-list weird. film, but yeah, it's. Trauma. Right. Man, that bad boy has been in. It's, it's, yeah, it's a weird one. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Yasha, any other last ones you wanted to bring up? No, I don't, I don't have everything. too many other honorable, Yeah, I don't have too many um, other honorable mentions. I mean, I have the Terminator down, but that's, I mean, that is what it is. That movie is just badass. You know, that movie right there is just a, an amazing story in itself. So I don't really need to dive too much into anything else. I, I think my biggest honorable mention was The Golden Child. Like I said, the guy literally goes up against the devil with a knife and wins or a demon, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. I'll just say I, I had mentioned at the, the top of my list that I had six written down. And then as I really kind of 
we we were really digging into the over the top idea of this list. I it was easy to pick the one to kick off my list because it's definitely not over the top. And I saw it on a lot of action, like top five or top ten, top twenty lists. And uh, I was kind of torn at first. That's why I threw it on there just in case because I love this movie, but it's Top Gun. But uh, oh yeah. yeah, but that's. That's an it's an action it, film. That's an but, '80s action film, but I think we were going more towards right. '80s action violence. Kind of, yeah. Kind yeah. of. So yeah, that, that's why it was easy to go. Yeah, that's not going to be on my five. I'll 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 whittle it down to these other five instead. So, but still, classic '80s action for sure. Oh, for sure, and I and I love that movie, but. Yeah, not really fitting for the kind of list we were going for here. Yeah. Uh, with that, we have we have gone on, I think, Ew. long <laughs> enough. So we are going to wrap things up and get out of here. Uh, as always, we'd love to hear back from everyone listening and watching. If you're watching us here on YouTube, just uh, make sure to leave us a comment down below. As I mentioned at the top of the show, uh, make sure to like and subscribe by hitting that thumbs up button and subscribe button down below. Also hit that bell icon to be notified when we go live in the future or add any other videos for that matter. And you can find us on Twitter and Instagram as well at Flickr underscore effect. And make sure to go to the website, flickereffect.com. You can find everything in there. We're, we're all around. With that, I am David Lott. I'm Bobby Jackson. I'm Yasha Wilson. I'm Michelle Hillard. Thanks for listening and watching. <laughs>